0: Hi, welcome to Shaky Sports Journeys. Thanks for joining us. Um, today, going to be chatting um, a little bit about the Ashes so far um, and a little bit about Test Cricket as well. So I thought I need to find a good guest, somebody with good knowledge of this. And I've been following um, this woman on uh, on Twitter for a while. You'll know her as Legside Lizzie. And she's uh, she's very, very good. Very straight to the point. Uh, I really enjoy it. So i say hello to Elizabeth Eamon. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. First question I want to ask you is, how did you get into cricket um, and how did you then go on to start covering it?
1: Oh, it's a bit convoluted, but I, I mean, I, I got into cricket in the same way that I think quite a lot of people did through my dad and my brother. Um, they both played for a club in Sheffield, Sheffield Collegiate, which is where Joe Root and, and Michael Vaughan played Um uh, and i i didn't even really like cricket but i did the scoring because you got paid for it um so i uh, i did start doing the scoring and um and actually really loved it sort of um quite like sitting on a saturday afternoon just putting dots in a book and pulling a few buttons on a on a scoreboard and um uh and then i mean i never played because when i was uh, growing up um uh, it was quite a long time ago um that there, there, there just wasn't any women's cricket there just wasn't any i didn't even know women did play cricket <laughs> so, um and then i um i moved back to london after i graduated uh, and actually i worked um for the government for for 20 years but i still did club scoring uh, and some Colts coaching and run junior sections at my local club um uh, and then when i was oh gosh approaching 40 <laughs> i was um uh, approached by the times uh, and said would you like to come and come and work for us and cover cricket. Um, and so here I am. I mean, it was a bit of a huge change of career, um, but it's fabulous. It's a fabulous job. A dream job.
0: You're very good at it. And it's interesting, scoring is a really good way to learn about the game. It really is. Um, I did it as a child myself when I was uh, very young and it really does teach you the ins yeah. and outs. Yeah, it,
1: um, it does. And you have to, I mean, you have to watch every ball. It teaches you concentration um, and you sort of, Particularly in club cricket, when you're listening to the to the chat from the from the guys, you know, waiting to go into bat and what have you, you kind of learn quite a lot about about the game and about you know and about how people talk about it. And um, and I sort of really loved. Uh, I mean, there's nothing quite like club cricket. Is there the sort of sense of community uh, and you know everybody pitching in? Uh, uh, you know, there's it, it's not money; it's done for love. I and mean, you know, there's a lot of days when you're sitting there on a Saturday with three jumpers on and, thing, and wondering why on earth you're spending your time doing this and, you know, dodging on and out, off for the reins and having to run on with the covers. But club cricket is, I, I mean, it's the heartbeat of our sport, really, isn't it?
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's where everybody starts. It's, um, we all come through um, and learn the ropes in club cricket. Uh, so, no, it's fabulous to hear how you've ended up um, so involved in cricket um, today, obviously, I want to talk to you about the Ashes. Now, this is something I know you've been having some uh, a lot of late nights, a lot of stressful late nights. I'd imagine. Um, what has what's gone wrong for England in the Ashes?
1: Oh, so much. <laughs> I mean, it's been a bit shambolic from start start to finish. Um, my own view, and I've been pretty consistent on it. Um, is that I don't think they should have gone in these circumstances um, because they were setting themselves up to fail because there was no opportunity for any... um, uh, Some of it is a scheduling problem. You know, some of them had to come straight from a a T20 World Cup straight to Australia. Um, But there was no opportunity for any preparation. I mean, not helped by the weather, but there wasn't even any... There weren't warm-up matches scheduled in because of COVID. Um, They've all been in... And, and England players more than any other players in the world have been in these bubbles, um, for, for so long. And, 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 you know, I'm not going to pretend it's, you know, woe is me. They stay in nice hotels, you know, it's not that awful, but it, it, nonetheless, it is, it is pretty draining. It's pretty stressful. The sort of uncertainty of not knowing kind of what the restrictions are going to be, what you're going to be allowed to do, what you're going to be able to do is your family going to be there, all of that, that does take its toll. Um, but more fundamentally than that, uh, English red ball cricket is not in a great place at the moment. And that is years and years and years of decisions made by uh, people at the top um, that have just not allowed the first class game to flourish. It's been shoved uh, into the margins of the season. White ball cricket has been predominant. You know, we have three white ball competitions. The first class game is is not loved. Uh, I mean, it. you know, we all know it's not lucrative, but it is. It is where people learn their trade and it needs, needs to have a lot more love. But we've sort of set these guys up to fail, really, um, because it's hard enough going to Australia at the best of times um, without all of the things that have gone on. Um, you know, they were missing their two, two, you know, two fast bowlers. They were missing Jofra Stokes. Ben Stokes, who's obviously integral to the England team, had been missing for a while. You know, he'd gotten a game... At time under his belt. So he hasn't been, you know, the saviour of this ashes, as I think people were rather hoping he might be when it was announced he he um he came on. But they've also made some terrible decisions. I mean the team at the Gabba, I don't know what you think, but what on earth? What on earth was going on at the Gabba? They picked the wrong team and then they batted first on a bowling pitch. And then kind of behind the eight ball before you've even started there, haven't you? Um some really bizarre decisions. Uh, have gone on. There doesn't seem to be any clarity of thought um, within the England management, and they tell us they've been planning for this Ashes series for four years, but it doesn't look like it, does it? So it, it, it's been pretty grim. I mean, obviously the last test they showed some fight, um, uh, 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 but the fact that we're sort of celebrating a draw rather indicates to you where we're where we're at.
0: Yeah, the draw was a the draw was a massive positive um, going from what had taken place in the in the three tests previously. But yeah, you're right. That's not what they went there to achieve, to draw the fourth test and to be, you know, yeah. cheering and it with excitement. You mentioned um, the county game. Now, this has been something that's been getting discussed quite a bit during the Ashes. Now, as somebody who's played kind of second team championship quite a bit, quite a few years ago, around 2010, <coughs> 2011, the standard of even second teams back then was quite phenomenal. You would turn up in a on a on a, on the start of a game, and you would have four, five, six first team players getting getting some game time under their belt. Whereas you look around, the, you look around the circuit now. I mean, it, are people really interested in becoming first class cricketers and going on to become test cricketers? Now is that a big issue? Is everyone just out looking for the the, the lucrative T Twenty deals? Um, is that what's maybe having an effect on the on the first class game as well? Uh,
1: possibly. I mean, when I speak to county cricketers they do I mean they do still all you know the kind of the pinnacle is still playing test cricket for England um but what I think is that uh, that that if you don't feel like it's possible or you're a long way away from it there are a lot of options for young cricketers these days you know that don't involve having to bowl 20 overs up the hill into the wind um you know you can make a very nice living from not having to do that um uh, and indeed You know, we have to look at the sort of financial incentives. It seems nonsense to me that there are some players who went more in five weeks playing in the hundred than their annual county salary. Um, You've got to wonder why young men, indeed young women, would want to do the the hard yards. Um, But I do think, particularly in this country and perhaps less so around the world, test, test cricket is still the thing that people see as as the pinnacle. And, and, and when you look at, you know, when you look at the player's profile on Crick Info, it's kind of first class and test that I look at first. Yeah, um, you know, right. not, their, not their T20 figures or whatever. So in terms of your kind of legacy as a cricketer, I still think that I, I still think people think it's it, it's your first class and your test figures are, are pretty important, but the, there's got to be some level of investment that means that there's an incentive to be a first class cricketer and particularly an incentive to be maybe a first-class-only cricketer. You don't have to be all formats. Um, but I think increasingly we will see more people just have white ball contracts. You,
0: so I was, my next question was going to be how do... I mean, there's one test to go um, in Hobart. What's your hopes for that test match? Uh, do you take a bit of confidence from what's just happened in the four tests, the fact that England were able to bat a little bit better. Johnny Bairstow, obviously with a fantastic fighting century. Um, surely they've got to take... Stokes has been got himself in a few runs as well. You know, is there a chance England could win the last test?
1: I mean, it's not impossible at all um, in that... Um, I mean, Australia won't roll over. That's not, there. It's not their way at all. But they are struck a bit with a couple of injuries. They've not got Josh Hazelwood again. There's question marks over Scott Boland. Um uh, and uh, there is some confidence taken from Besto getting runs, from Stokes being able to stay there. Obviously, Josh Butler's gone home, so we might well see a, a debut for Sam Billings, and Sam Billings has got nothing to lose. You know, he can play really fearlessly, actually, in Hobart, because he's got, you know, it's an unexpected call-up, and he might not play again. So he's just got the opportunity to just go, this is what I can do, this is me, Sam Billings. Um, the top is a bit of a problem um and Joe Root uh, uh and Doug Milan um is a bit of a concern started the series really well looked really solid you know actually like he was one of the ones who was coping with the extra bounce and all of that um but I had a slightly sorry time the last couple um the England's problem is is the batting it really is the batting they still didn't make 300 did they no, I mean no they didn't so it's you know that's got to be the fundamentals, hasn't it? It's you've got to in your first innings, you got to that's got to be your target because the poor bowlers, they're forever behind. You know, they can't you can't place the field where you want to play. If you've got score that, you know, you're defending a low score, you can't place the field where you want to. You can't go on the attack, can you? So it's sort of affected everything really. Um and what do you was, do with
0: the uh, what do you do with the opening? Opening batting.
1: I mean, I mean, who knows? I mean, at one point I was in favour of Johnny Bairstow opening the batting. So you know, I just, um, I think hamid has got to be taken out the firing line. You know, he is clearly, he is clearly a very talented player, but this has not suited the Australian conditions has not suited him, and he looks timid and he looks a bit like a rabbit in headlights. And just kind of for his own sake, really, he probably needs to be taken out the firing line. He probably needs to not go to the Caribbean and then he just needs to go and go to Nottingham go back to Peter Moores, the loving arm of Peter Moores, get some runs, get some runs early season. Uh, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, a couple of decent knocks and all of a sudden you're a different player. So um, I suspect Rory Burns might come back in. Um, Crawley was a real... I think he's been dealt with a,
0: a little bit harshly. I mean, when you actually look at his numbers, I know he had a shocker, first ball of the ashes, you know, his technique got... Question and everything else, but you know, for every for anyone that's played cricket, that wasn't the easiest ball to get first no, up. No, you know, he has fa- he has fallen over, etc. His techniques been a little bit questionable. But do you think he's been scrutinised a bit too much?
1: Uh, quite probably, because I, I mean, he has. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, was it? He got um he got a century. You know, he has he has performed in that role in in recent times. I think the problem is um, uh, his technique does come under scrutiny because um, there's a lot that can go wrong with it. And once a lot that goes wrong, it sort of all starts to go wrong, doesn't it? It kind of unravels. Um, And I think we're sort of looking for a, you know, we're looking for an opening batsman saviour. And I'm not sure they're there. I'm not sure where they are.
0: (laughs) I mean, Zach, Zach Crawley, you know, he is definitely one that has, I think, proven, whether his numbers to date... Are you know way way up there, but the way he batted,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, you can tell you can tell when you're watching a test cricketer. This guy's got time. He's got the he knows he looks very comfortable at the crease. He's got to be somebody that they kind of look to build build on (coughs) moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, he really did for that for that innings of seventy. He got he looked absolutely class. I mean, it was you know he, he he as you say so much time. He was able to manoeuvre it around how he wanted to. Uh, and most importantly, he kind of took it, the attack back to the Australians, didn't he? And made a sort of statement. And um, so he's definitely one that England will build for the future around. I mean, at the end of this Ashes Tour, there's going to be a cull. There, I mean, there is going to be a, a shifting of the guard um, in that uh, I wonder how many will go to the Caribbean. Yeah. In March, um uh but also we do have to start thinking. Uh, uh It might be premature to 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 chop off some of them, but we do have to start thinking about um you know the future. Uh, and some of these guys are not going to be in Australia in four years' time. With the best one in the world, they're just not going to be there because they're too old, um or, or their bodies won't hold up. And if it, it takes a long time for a test cricketer, doesn't it, to kind of work out the step up from county cricket, and it's a big step up. Um, uh and, and to be comfortable in the environment and and to, to to feel comfortable in their own game so that they can go about their game plans rather than worrying about their technique or this and the other I, I mean one of the things that's always concerned me is that um is that we we i think sometimes we pick people too early and we don't that you know they come into that arena and it's you know it's gladiatorial isn't it especially the ashes it's, it's you know it's, it's as brutal yeah, as it I, gets I yeah it's as brutal as we get, and we and we expect a lot of them. We expect a lot of these young men, and then when they don't perform, we get rid of them so um but actually, the accusation of this England team is that people have' it's become a bit too cozy um and that there isn't you know um there isn't pressure on places uh, as much as there should be, and some of that is because the county game is not producing the people who are really ramming on the door to the selectors uh, you know that selectors is another issue, isn't it? It's always it's it's absolutely astounding decision that you would have the head coach and the selector being the same bloke. Um uh, I, I just think more minds is a is a better thing, isn't it? You can discuss people, people who've watched them. There's no way Chris Silverwood's watched any counter cricket in the last two years. He no. hasn't been out of a he hasn't been out of a bubble. So um, you know, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? it? I think I think irrespective of whether this is you know, a 4 0 series, or a three-one series, or a 3 0 series. There's a lot that needs to happen in it, uh, uh, when they come back to come back to England.
0: Just on the head court show before we go go to talk about some some other Test cricket goings on. Um, Gary Kirsten's name has been uh, has been branded around. Have you got any um, preferences of somebody that you would like to like to see come in?
1: Well, I, I in one of my pieces in the paper, I just shoved a rather left field suggestion out that Owen Morgan should do it. Um, because, uh, uh, well, I, I mean, I think he'd be, in a sense, very good because he's ruthless and he's innovative and he wouldn't, you know, he'd stand up to the ECB and he'd get what he wanted. He has done in the white ball team. Um, uh, I mean, I think Gary Kirsten is a very good candidate. Um, I, I do think the role is going to have to be split. It has to be split between red and white ball. It cannot carry on like this. They are away so much, The, the you know, Uh, despite uh, people people in suits saying that we need to play less cricket, they just keep shoving more and more into the schedule. Next winter is bonkers um, for England. So I think they're going to have to split it. And Gary Kirsten has said he will only take a role if it's not all formats. Um, uh, But there are other names in the frame. The thing is that actually it's not a particularly attractive job being England test coach. Um, You can earn just as much money you know, going around the T20 franchise circuit yeah. and you don't get all the hassle, you know, and all the stress and the being away so from, from your family so much. So um, uh, I think it will have to go to someone who is a little bit more ruthless than Chris Silverwood. Chris Silverwood is, a, is a, just a nice, gentle man, isn't he? Um, but actually, uh, I think that's gone a bit too far, that it all being a bit too cosy and perhaps need a bit more of an Andy Flower type guy to just get a bit of discipline and kind of ruthlessness into the side.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. I think um, I think even with Joe Root as well, I think the combination of Root and Silverwood is almost a bit too nice. They're just too um, nice, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, a more hard-nosed coach, somebody a bit more ruthless, um, I think would work well with, uh, with Joe Root, whether he stays in the position or wants to stay in the position. But the one thing I can say for Joe Root is, He's tried. He really has tried with the bat during this series. He's he's put himself out there. He's taken some blows. He's fought his best for the team. Mm. But, I mean, there's, it's, it's a hard graft to just do it as a one-man one man thing. There hasn't been consistent support from many. No, I no. I think, absolutely. Milan. I think Milan just looks drained. He looks really tired. He looks like yeah. he's, he's tried hard and it's, uh, it's taken its toll on him now. But that's it. That's, that's the ashes covered. Uh, fingers crossed here. Um, that you, uh, I say fingers crossed for you because I'm a neutral in the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit on the fence a little bit, um, but uh, it should be a should be a good test at, at Hobart, and here's hoping yeah. for an entertaining match. There's quite a lot of other Test cricket going on at the moment. Quite exciting yeah. Test cricket. Um, the first series to talk about is currently sitting at one all. Um, actually started I think this morning, which is between South Africa uh, and India. Now that's poised beautifully. That's Test cricket at its best. One all. Mm. Going into a decider, how you how
1: you enjoying that series? Yeah, I mean it's it it, it's I could South African cricket is going through its own problems, you know, um, and uh, a a little bit of turmoil uh, and changes of 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 personnel and uh, um, issues within the governing body, never-ending issues within the governing body in cricket South Africa. But what we've got here is two two quality teams, something with some real some world-class players. uh, and it's been a really thrilling series, actually. It's been a really thrilling series uh, uh, that that, as you say, is perfectly poised. Um, uh, and where are we now? Oh, uh, India. Well, Kohli's at the crease, isn't he?
0: Yeah, he is. back he's going well. Him and Rabada. Uh, I've not watched much yet because my toddlers had the uh, had the TV on, but I'm hoping to catch a little bit this afternoon. But yeah, Kohli and Rabada sounded like they were having a good. A good battle.
1: A good battle, which is just what you want to watch, isn't it? That's what we want to watch. We want to watch those battles between fast bowlers and, uh, and batsmen, and, and it's what keeps us kind of engrossed in Test cricket. You know, it's why we put up with all the days of rain and, you know, the, the dull sessions and all that, because there were some thrilling encounters.
0: And, and it's how we can celebrate, a, you know, a draw as well. I mean, the yeah. amount of times you've probably been asked this through life, how can you play five days of a match and not have a result at the end of it? That's the beauty of Test Cricket. Only Test Cricket could pull that off. And we were all still gripped to the TVs at the end of that Test match, knowing that it, can England get a draw? I know we've moved on from that conversation. Yeah, we're yeah. Back to it. It's amazing what Test Cricket does to your emotions. Um, who's going to win this Test then? Who's who's your money on India or South Africa?
1: Oh, it's really difficult to say, isn't it? Uh, I mean, you... It's hard to bet against India because they've got such a well balanced side, haven't they? They've got all, all the facets that you know are there, and they've got world class players in all in all, in all places. Um, uh, but South Africa don't. They've got some fight about them. South Africa they don't let, they don't roll over.
0: Yeah, no. They've considering all the politics that's going on in their board, etc., and the disaster of the T Twenty World Cup as well. They mm. they've really come back, regrouped and are looking like a, a formidable test team again so yeah i think it's going to be a good one uh 50-50 it sounds like we we are here maybe mm. maybe tipping india the other the other one um has been a really interesting one it's been a great story um bangladesh have gone out to new zealand to play the black caps and had a phenomenal victory in their first test i mean what a victory
1: for their for the it country for the nation absolutely incredible uh i mean it was just it was just so moving because um, you know the Bangladesh—they don't, don't have any, you know, they're, they're limited resources. You know, it's been a really tough t- couple of years. They results have been pretty hard to come by. They didn't have, didn't have a great time, did they, in the T20 World Cup? Lost all their group matches, I think, didn't they? Yeah. Um, you know, it's tough for them. And this is New Zealand. These are the World Test Championships. The number champions, the number one ranked side. The you know they are they are a formidable force particularly at home in their conditions Um, and that that was just a it was a stunning victory really wasn't it and it was a real reminder that um, that test cricket is better when there are more teams who are competitive and that we should do as much as we can to make all teams competitive make sure they've got the right levels of investment to be because you don't want test cricket just to be dominated by two or three teams do you? you want all series to be competitive um and the other thing is that you know that england haven't invited bangladesh over for a test series in oh what is it eight years or something um it, it's time they did
0: yeah i agree i agree um and it'd be nice to see some of the big test playing nations going to to bangladesh, bangladesh really yeah. been, it would, it, i mean but obviously not, there's a lot of conversation going on just now about touring pakistan obviously england pulled the plug on after New Zealand left. Australia are talking about um, going to Pakistan. Me coming from a Pakistani background as well. I mean, it would be amazing for the country. You, you, I mean, the people are just crazy. Yeah. Like, India and Pakistan, are, they're just the same. Um, and yeah. the passion for the game. But you need, you need a good West Indian test team. You need a good Pakistani test team to really... I mean, the exciting test cricket I remember growing up watching... You know the Brian Lara days, and when he was when the Australians were turning, etc. It's just died in the Caribbean. We don't see that kind of Test cricket anymore. It's sad that uh, it seems to be the big teams kind of just keep playing each other. So I agree with you. We need to see more of that. Is that is that an answer then? Do you think to getting the great game of Test cricket back to get these series going again and get the smaller Test teams a chance to play against the bigger teams?
1: Yeah, it has to be, and it has to be sort of. Um uh sort of centrally led really by the by the ICC but of course they don't have you know they don't really have much power the ICC it is they're led by their own individual boards and uh, and we see you know the big 3 really um uh, led by india that have all the power and um and uh, and there's a there's an issue with money the money doesn't get distributed fairly amongst everybody um which means that you know in the classic case of of west indies you can see why some of those players give up test cricket and and go and do the various T20 franchise leagues because their test salary is not, there's nothing to write home about really. So there are some fundamental things that need addressing, um, you know, perhaps a guarantee of a minimum wage for a test player. Any test player in the world gets at least, you know, a level so that they're all, you know, uh, uh, they can all guaranteed some sort of income. Um, but these are big, big, big issues that are, are, it's going to take, a real collective to grapple with.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Somebody, something else just as we come towards the end of our chat that I wanted to mention was obviously Ross Taylor um, just played in his uh, in his final test match. What a servant um, for the Black Caps in New Zealand. He's been in all formats of the game. He really is a, a true legend.
1: He really is. Uh, and a really lovely, lovely guy and just a, a sort of understated... Um, but a fantastically skillful cricketer um, and a real battler. And um, he's been an integral part of that team, hasn't he, for so long? I mean, he just feels like, you know, it's like Bolton Southey. You just expect to see them on the team sheet, don't you?
0: Something that amazes me (laughs) about Ross Taylor as well, in an era where the IPL came in and you noticed a lot of the big players did slowly, I mean, you know, A.B. de Villiers, the likes of these, they did kind of, get more attracted to the IPL and Ross Taylor was very much in that mix as well but he's never stopped representing his country he's played it all the way till Mm. till now I mean even in his final innings he looked really good at the crease I mean the guy could still the guy could still go on but you, you, you don't get as many test cricketers like that these days I just don't feel as many have that longevity in them as they used to do went back in the 90s where you had the, the great Australian side or even the England team as well, the Cooks, the Strausses. Mm. You know, there's, there's not as many of those type of players around anymore.
1: No, no, because I think um, uh, when people are thinking about their careers, they realise that they can have a longer career if they reach out earlier from the longer form and, and then they can have a, an extended run. Uh, their bodies will hold up on an extended yeah. run on shorter format. Um, was, I suppose, you didn't used to have that option. You either played or you retired. <laughs> you know, yeah. those, those were the two options. Um, uh, and it's a bit of a worry, really. All, although, I, I mean, we all love T20. You know, I, I love T20 cricket. I mean, I, I love all formats of cricket. So it is great in a sense that you can still carry on seeing players like um, de Villiers and what have you carry on playing, even when bod- you know, they can't play test cricket anymore. Um, but Ross has been... Um, I mean, that New Zealand team is just... Uh, it's been quite a settled team for quite a long time, has not it? You know, you can, you get you know, you can probably guess sort of eight out of the team on the team sheet, you know, provided they're fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with with Williamson and Taylor and uh, and Tr- Bolton and Southey and, you know, it, it's um uh, that you can see why they're successful because they're a real unit, aren't they? They're a real kind of, they're led really well. They're led really well by Kane Williamson, and and they kind of really do all play for the badge, don't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely. They're loyal, they really are. Yeah. And it shows in the rugby team as well. I mean, mm. they they're always just a strong sporting nation, aren't they? They're, they're very powerful. It's been a pleasure to have this uh, this this discussion with you. I think there's uh, some thinking points there and um, maybe some some advice to the, the ECB from uh, from Legside Lizzie. They won't, to, they
1: won't listen to, to me. consider <laughs> taking up
0: these uh, to consider taking up these options. But look, it's uh, I'll catch you for a second at the end, but thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it.